episode with the voice party. This week's episode has been brought to you by All Roads Overhead's Garage Door. Let's be honest, this is the Bay Area. If you even got a garage, you're doing pretty well for yourself. So if you want to upgrade your life, why not start what matters most? The garage door. Upgrade your garage door today and upgrade your life. Mm. All Roads Overhead Garage Doors. 510-375-8756. Upgrade your life today. Wait, what just happened? Oh. <laughs> the man I'm, was attacked by so his toaster. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting in the kitchen with like my significant other, mm-hmm. and she's like, I'm making toast. And she goes, why are you... Uh, you know, why do you have a gun on you at all times? And I'm like, oh, you know, just in case the Decepticons decide to rise up and take over. And so she laughed. I laughed. The toaster laughed. I shot the toaster. Uh-huh. Good times. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to the voice party. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should just start every show with you telling us some. some you you didn't know we were recording, did you? No. Clue. Okay, let's surprise him from now on every time. <laughs> There you go. So we need these stories. Oh, uh, man. Today we have a very special guest. Introduce yourself, sir. Hey, I'm uh, Joe Pangelina, also known by my artist name, Sinister Intruder. Sinister I do uh, core music, just horror music in general, oh, okay. write horror novels, and uh, I like to um, watch a lot of horror movies and read a lot of horror stories. We're going to get along just fine here, man. I That's love, great to hear. You're love an horror. excellent company. Yeah, dude. We actually started this this thing because we, we we they run a horror. Uh, what is it? What do you guys call it again? I want to say YouTube the horror channel. Channel horror. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. Yeah, Frosted Mini Fears. You might have heard of it. Folks out there listening, you've heard of it. I, you know these guys. Oh yes, these are, are they, my favorite people. Are they always like this? No, I, I've, <laughs> I've only known them for a few months now, but it, like yes, really they are. known them. Okay, I've known them. They are. We are. Oh yeah, you do know him. No, if, if you mean okay. devilishly handsome, yeah, oh, they, they, yeah. they are always like Wait, that. That's, that's, that's the first true. thing I noticed. Do you guys think I'm nerdy? <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? We're nerdy! I know you're <laughs> nerdy. I'm nerdy too. I'm just wondering if you guys think I'm you're, nerdy. You're definitely one of us, man. Yeah, I mean, we wouldn't okay. hang out with you otherwise. Because sometimes I don't know. Sometimes I don't know. It's like the Dudley, bro- the Dudley Boys. <laughs> oh, yeah? You're nerdy? Name mm-hmm. every comic book by Marvel in the 1960s. Yeah, that's right. Ooh, that's Fantastic right. Fantastic Four, Journey into Mystery. I, I mean, it wasn't a real test. Yeah. I, Tales, okay, I okay, no okay, idea. okay, okay. No, no, no. <laughs> so, uh, you said your, uh, what, was it, what was the name again of your, your music? Uh, Sinister Intruder. Sinister Intruder. Um, and you said it's horror. It's horror core horror is core. the kind of subgenre that I'm in. Okay, cool. He's going to be doing that throughout the whole day, just so you know, taking pictures. That's fine with it's, me. Yeah. I have a beautiful face. I know yeah. you do. I just thought I wanted to prepare you for that. For sure. Uh, horror, horror core. So kind of like Napalm Death. No, that's, no? Uh, no, that's grindcore. That's grind Never, I'm tripping. Yeah, yeah I yeah. got you. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, what, uh, what so you, you remember, uh, um, Back when Slim Shady was doing a bunch of songs about like killing women and stuff like that, <laughs> yeah, specifically his his uh, girlfriend. What was her name again? Kim. Kim. Kim yes. Kim. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know that Kim kind of stuff. Kim got it bad every um, album for a while there. Oh yeah. Glad that, he worked that, out. His that kind of though. that kind of ideas. Um, uh, there's a lot of horrorcore that's strictly mm-hmm. hip hop. 
Okay. And uh, oh, really? A, a lot of it when people say horrorcore, that's the first thing they think of is like, like the hip hop kind necro, of thing. Necro, necro, and, uh, necro. Um, Army got, of the Pharaohs. You've got uh, Blase Rose in there. You've got um, uh, Insane Clown Posse. Insane Clown Posse. Jedi I said, Mind Tricks. I said, it's right? Necro, not yeah, ne- yeah. I said Necro. <laughs> oh, it's all right. Uh, you got. Um, you know, a lot of uh, Brother Lynch hung is Brother probably Lynch one of hung, the best yep. ones. But like, yeah, okay. uh, I I do like I have like a trap beat kind of like idea concept, but I go more with um, heavy guitars, guitar oh. solos, a little, a little growls, very like Rob Zombie, Marilyn Manson sort oh, of like nice. inspired inside of that uh, okay. like hip hop foundation. So you record all this by yourself? All right? of it, yeah. And when you perform live, you have a band that you play with, or is it a uh... Um, do you do you perform live? That's when I uh, whenever I do live, I haven't done like a, a big um, mm-hmm. venue or anything like booked a show or anything yeah. quite yet. But like uh, when I do, it's just I have um, go up to the person doing sounds like you want a CD, you want an MP3, do you want a wave file? Uh, and I just take out the uh, like the lead guitar. And uh, the lead vocals, and I just do those ones live, oh, and nice. have okay. everything else in the back. In the back, okay, cool, man. And how long you been doing that for? Uh, close to two years now. Okay, what um, what? Well, you mentioned a lot. You mentioned a lot of the bands that, or not bands, but music, uh, inspiration. Like you said, Marilyn Manson and uh, Rob Zombie. Mm-hmm. Those are those are your like your your inspirations to to make this style of music. Uh, aside from like all the other ones you mentioned. Um, cause you know, sometimes it's different what you're inspired by. For sure. Yeah. Well, I feel like, uh, because I've always been a big, uh, fan of Alice Cooper Ah. and, um, there's something that was always disappointing to me how like, uh, Marilyn Manson, Rob Zombie, they just talked about like, I love the devil and stuff. And, um, and meanwhile, Brother Lynch Hung is over here being like, I'm going to kill them and I'm going to fuck their corpses and yeah. stuff. It's like, you see, why can't we have this in the, in the, in, you know, yeah. the, um, the music that I always thought was supposed to be heavier in right. the first place. So going more for the sort of effect of like that, that brutal, um, take on like the horror that's really shocking to hear. Like yeah. when someone says that someone kind of stops and goes, did he just say what I thought he said? Yeah. Um, you never really got that with uh, um, Alice Cooper, Rob Zombie, Marilyn Manson. They always just kind of stayed on the verge of being like these uh, uh, kind of like the misfits yeah. where they, they were really inspired from classic horror right. and classic horror tropes, but never really got into like the really, the really dark stuff. Like Rob like Zombie did with his, yeah, Rob Zombie yeah. did with his movies yeah. for sure, but right, right. not never in his music as far as I've heard. And I've, you know, Speaking I of Misfits, I just saw them for the first time uh, Wednesday. I never really was into Misfits as much. Do you, you like Misfits? I like Misfits, yeah. I never really was into them, but something about seeing them live, mm-hmm. like I, I bought this hair. I see. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. is a good hat. Yeah. So I see what you're saying. Like It's more of a theatrical, like visual thing. Cause yeah. There, there's a lot of visual with those guys. They're mm-hmm. really like a product of the MTV. Because uh, back then, you know, I mean, Alice Cooper, you would only see him, what, on flyers? <laughs> Oh, when for it sure. first came out and and that became so you for you you just like to hear those really brutal stories like like you said yeah, Brother well, Lynch. a big uh i've always loved you know those kind of ballads where they don't just 
describe what mood they're in because mm-hmm. a lot of horrorcore is just like let's see how many depraved words we can fit that yeah. that rhyme together you know yeah. whereas you had stan which was a story the whole yeah. time with with Eminem and like Very depressing yeah and it's like that that's more of what i'm for is like let's stay on topic let's stay with this one story and that's what i try to do with like uh my lyrical content okay where can we listen to this oh, no, no. and i think everywhere the, <laughs> i think stan was one of the most important <laughs> stories maybe not the most important story one of the most important stories ever written in hip hop because it addresses a real problem of uh being an icon and embracing your fans and also like how far your fans can take it to an unhealthy level i think it's a great warning song for many people you know so it isn't just like this thing of terror just for the sake of scare it's meant to teach you something there's a like the the scary thing about being celebrity because you really affect people and inspire them to do shit Exactly. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's what I take exactly. from it. Yeah. And it, well, what I take from it is, don't love a celebrity so much that you murder your own girlfriend because the celebrity said it was cool. <laughs> yeah. Like it's like, don't listen to me, kids. I'm a little screwed up. Speak, speak, like right on the subject you're on. Speaking of that, when you put out something that is is, do you ever think about that? Like somebody thinks, hears this, and it inspires them to. I'm sure, like Tarantino, get, everybody gets asked that all the time. Like, is that even in your mind? I I hope it isn't, but I just want to hear what you're, what. <laughs> no, because uh, if you were to, um, I, I once put it this way: like uh, in the very first episode of the CBS TV show Criminal Minds, yeah, a person is uh, suspected because they go to the suspect's house and they find a Metallica CD oh, yeah. in their in their like uh, in their computer and it was yeah. like oh he listens to Metallica before going to bed at night and it's like okay um we're all suspects here <laughs> yeah. yeah and and off of that um statistically any person who's a a, a killer or a, some sort of monster who actually goes out and does depraved shit they're more likely to listen to popular music yeah. than anything horrifying and uh, one of my favorite bands is a uh, cannibal corpse oh yeah and uh every interview they've ever done they're asked about it and you can tell at this point how tired they are of answering the question <laughs> like, oh, yeah, but they always point out every uh show they get people who come up to them and say hey i've been going through real hard times in my life and your music helps me through and for a lot of people really brutal music is very cathartic very. it's very um because you're not going to get that um you're not going to get those angry horrifying sort of like voices and uh feelings that you have and those sort of you can't vent that out through um the mainstream popular mm-hmm. let's just party kind of music yeah. like you have to have an outlet through something and you know while i just do my music because i love horror yeah um it would be everything to me if someone said, "Hey, your music helped me through a hard time," and right. I would get that. You know, you uh, you brought up um, uh, what's his name, the lead singer, well, Cannibal Corpse. Uh, what's his name, uh, Corpse Grinder? Corpse Grinder. Yeah, I saw him. Um, the, one of the, the coolest things he said in an interview and that uh, that documentary about heavy metal. I'm, I'm sure you've seen it. The Headbanger. Headbanger's journey. Yeah. 
uh, where when he, they they criticize him for the the artwork on the cannibal corpse, and he's like, you look at the uh, what was it the the Vatican, the artwork in the Vatican, something yeah, like that. it's really yeah. brutal. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's easy to just point the you know point a finger at at something, oh, yeah. maybe look around like. There's some brutal shit everywhere, man. Like uh, the history itself, you know. Tom Araya, who's the front man from Slayer, yep, yep. once said, um, uh, "If you really want to look at um, like scary shit, just read the Old Testament. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, the, the this church, brutal stuff brutal in stuff. there, which is the ironic thing. Like, um, like there's not to get off topic, no, but no, no, uh, yeah, yeah. there's the whole um, sort of." belief that it's like oh the the bible is filled with goodness and there's all these parts where um the lord says and go into the city and open up the pregnant women and stab their babies in front of them and it's like yeah yeah you know those parts i i I think that what you mean what 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 people mean when they say good is um you know good is good is relative good is relative it is not necessarily Full of kindness. Look, we don't need to talk about Midsummer yet. We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> but you know, oh man, like oh. Speaking of, you, I thought that was interesting that you said pop music uh, is listened to by most of the crazy serial killers and what have you. I, I think I read somewhere that people that listen to pop music tend to be more honest um, and uh, a little bit more forthcoming and blunt. And I thought that was also interesting. You think that rappers, like, fa- fa- you know, there's like, oh, if you're, my favorite music is rap. But uh, no, 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 no. Apparently, like, you know, and I'm not going to lie. Like, if I were listening to Hit Me Baby One More Time on a loop all day, I'd probably stab someone, too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, well, you said earlier that it, it's very cath- uh, cathartic. Cathartic. Cathartic, yeah. Um, and this is based on my experience. I, I, I go to shows a lot. I, I you know. Uh, a lot of my friends are in the heavy metal and playing bands. And one thing I'll, I'll, I mean, one thing I'll say, like hanging out with metal heads that mm-hmm. you probably know is they're very open and, and it's easy to, to be emotional with other people. Like that's something I, that's a quality I see in someone that, and it's weird. Cause like, wow, you listen to this heavy music all day, but that's, it's very easy to be emotional with another person. That, you know, open up about your feelings. Do you, do you, I mean, I don't know. What, what do you think about that? I spend a lot of time in the uh, um, the metal Tumblr area, okay. where there's a lot of people uh, who listen to metal and they hang out on Tumblr. And uh, a lot of them are very troubled and depressed people, but they're always open about it. Yeah. Like, you can tell that um, they're willing to put their struggles out there mm-hmm. and to talk to people and... Um, they're very supportive of each other too. Yeah. Like um, in uh, the metal community, there will be just somebody who um, you look at their thread and it's just a picture of mayhem and then Slayer. And then it's like, um, I'm really having a hard time with my depression tonight. And then everyone just starts dropping them asks and messages and just like saying, Hey, we're all here for you. Just yeah. letting you know. And I never see that so much from uh, even like the um, horror film community. Really? I don't know what it is about um, about metal music, mm. but like uh, there's a lot of people that are that are there in um, and there's a crossover between uh, metal and horror fans a lot of times. But uh, you'll see that in a lot of different 
regions of like um, genres and stuff. A lot of people feel very closed off and they don't want to talk about uh, what's going on in their life or they feel like it bothers people. <clears throat> but typically what I've seen is that um, metalheads and a lot of horror fans as well, they they treat it like a community and they yeah. try to at the very least. And you said it, it that was that's not the same case for the the horror community not always really? um that was gonna be my next question for you about that because uh i know a lot of people that are big on metal but don't like horror and then and for it, sure you know and, it, and to me it doesn't make sense because it, it i mean it, not that it doesn't make sense but it's just it, it would i would think that almost every metal head would be really into horror like oh, no, i know i don't even like watching scary movies like you know when you meet those people Makes you think there's something probably there that doesn't allow them. Because I know someone who doesn't like horror movies because of uh, like stuff he saw growing up in Mexico. And it just brings up weird yeah. part of their brain. Um, on the horror thing, though, you you um, you work on film or you just uh, appreciate horror movies? Uh, only with these guys. Oh, you have done stuff <laughs> with these guys. Okay. Um I have uh, made uh, two music videos um, oh, okay. uh, with Phil, and um, I've worked yeah. on uh, um, one with Joaquin as well, and uh, I'm planning on doing another one nice. with them as well. Okay. And um, I would love to work on like a, a short film or a full feature length film. Also, I I would love to, but um, yeah, right now, as far as uh, the community, as far as like the people who um, watch horror films, I found that there's a divide between people who like horror films and people who like slasher films. Yeah. There's the, the slasher fans tend to go to horror to have a good time and have fun. In the theater. Like yeah. It's exciting in the theater. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, there, then there's the other half who um, they're like, no, I'm going to be scared. That's what I want. Yeah. But the problem is that the slasher fans, they say, if that if that movie scared them too much, they're like, that's not what I wanted from my horror. And the people who got scared, like, that movie was dumb. Didn't even scare me. Yeah. So you get a lot of mixed uh, I mixed never thought bag. about that. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I, I was unaware of, of, of that as well. Huh. Yeah. So that means that slasher is the most popular In type of horror movie? I would say in theaters, in it's, my opinion, it's uh, it's gone down. I'd say it, it de- because definitely. the eighties and nineties yeah. were huge yeah. in slashers, and the early two thousands they dwindled because mm-hmm. they had one coming out every weekend, right? In the, like in the eighties, uh, oh yeah, slasher, yeah, <laughs> <Everything>. <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. everybody wanted their Jason, everybody yeah, wanted yeah. their Michael Myers rip and off, and all these other ones came out. The the Valentine, whatever the yeah, that was the Renaissance, yeah. yeah, yeah, but um. I, it's funny because we were talking about this earlier like slasher films like for example <clears throat> if Michael Myers is killed with a gun <laughs> would the movie be as scary you know <laughs> no it's something about yeah like it, it's less personal when it, it's like the Joker has this bit in the dark night where he's like you know why I use knives, knives. you see <clears throat> The difference between knife and paraphrasing knives and guns are when you you can get savor a, all the subtleties. Yes, exactly. You really That's get kind of to horror. know mm-hmm. someone in their last yeah. moments. Would mm-hmm. you like to know which one of your colleagues yeah. were cowards? Would you consider that a horror a little bit, like the the Dark Knight? I mean, I kind of damn near it's, it's um, some. I don't know. So it, it's, uh, it's, it's weird because I, I like to reclassify things. Like, dude, this is kind of a horror. Like we. So I've I've talked on uh on my Facebook and Twitter of, yeah. at this and I said um because 
one of the big question is, is The Sixth Sense a horror movie? Mm. And um, you get a lot of people on both sides of that. Some people who are like, no, that's a thriller. Yeah. And others who say that's a horror movie. And so the way I put it is, look at the film's intention, whether mm. it succeeded or not. Yeah. What was its intention? If it's at the core, its goal is to scare you, unnerve you, disgust you, and doing it for entertainment, mm. like the the value, like, you could throw Schindler's List in there, but oh, that's yeah. for its historical value. Yeah. But if it's for its entertainment value at the core, if it's trying to scare you, unnerve you, disgust you, it's a horror movie. Yeah. Whether it's succeeded or not, it's that's what it's trying to do. Perfect example on your shirt. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Right. I think everyone would agree it's a horror it's film. A horror. But yeah. like a lot of people, they'll get caught up in like, <laughs> what about, again, The Sixth Sense? What about Blue Velvet? Yeah. What about Mulholland Drive? What about um, like uh, <clears throat> people brought up um, recently? I heard a discussion about uh, God. What was that um, movie that? Well, I forgot. <laughs> director, you know, director. Maybe I can. I don't know. Nope. It's because it has completely left my thoughts. <laughs> and you know, funny thing about that, it, it, it's. Um, you know, some people don't really know what the definition of horror is. Like, people will probably say The Sixth Sense is a horror movie just because there's it ghosts or, in it. Or because it scared the shit you know, out of them. Like, yeah. like, just because there's these creatures or or tropes or beings mm-hmm. or characters that come from horror literature traditionally. But I'm like, just because there's a vampire in it doesn't automatically right. make it a horror story. So would you consider Interview with the Vampire a horror? That the that that the book yes the book yes the, well, movie, the movie not there, it, it's it's a drama but I wouldn't there are horror elements in the it drama I I when, when, is, when is we talk a, for instance uh, you brought up the Dark Knight I'd mm-hmm. say if you look at Dark Knight at the core it's not a horror movie yeah. it has elements yeah. of horror but same thing with a uh, Game of Thrones it has a lot of horror elements within oh, Game of yeah. Thrones but at its core nobody's gonna say my favorite horror show is oh, Game yeah. of Thrones I mean honestly Game of Thrones is more of a it's a fantasy, but it's a historical piece. It's basically King Henry VIII with dragons. Mm. I can see what you mean, yeah. <laughs> the pianist is a horror. Oh, that, be, yeah, yeah, that, that scares me. I mean, that's a... Yeah, it... it, it what you said, it, it, it disgusts you. It, <laughs> it, if you put yourself in... I don't know. I, I it's Because it, horror, that's a broad thing, man. Like, I mean, you put it down very good, though. Like... Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> well, like again, like uh, look at its look at the intention of yeah. the movie, and um, for for things like uh, that are historical, like you like you said, the pianist, yeah. Adrian Brody, Adrian Brody, like that's meant to be a historical retelling <laughs> right. of something that is supposed to infuriate you and yeah. let you go, like oh, that history's fucked up, you yeah. know. Yeah. But um, for me, like those aren't horror just because they're trying to. Get right. you in that kind of thing. No, horror not, to me is yeah. like it's meant it's it's, meant, it's for its entertainment right, value. Yeah. Like you don't like you go to a museum if you want um that historical retelling. You don't go to a fun house for right. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you seen uh perfume? Yes. Is that a horror? Uh I'd I'd consider it a horror movie. Perfume. Yeah. yeah. It's it's weird. Uh I mean in in the context of horror, I guess it's not that weird, but yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. No. Yeah. What's one of the new? Because uh, I'm sure you, you have a lot of older horror films that that are on your top whatever list. But 
a new horror film that you really like that still gave you like a genuine scare you know because a lot of like the paranormal activity era mm-hmm. it was a lot of like shock value it was it was scary but jump it was, scares it was jump scares yeah it was cheap jumps jump scares um for like new movies what's one of them that had really just had, one or no nah, I, oh, we have a lot of time <laughs> i really want to hear what your take is on on like uh, recommend us some recommend us some <laughs> oh, recommend the people you. out there because i i went on this before you before you saw i went on this uh thing to look at uh probably three years ago what like really scary movies and i looked at the list and i don't think it, it was it was it was a lot of stuff i've already seen like uh right. so then i with disturbing films and like Salo was one of them. Oh, you gotta have the 120 days. 120 days, mm-hmm. which it, that's the same movie, right? Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. no, the other, no. The one we talked about earlier that you said you saw in film school, and then uh, Serbian film, and I was like, of course. Oh, dude, like I, I, I saw that. And I was like, that's not what I want. No, I wanted. Yeah, disturbing. Hey, it's a. I was kidding. That's a that's a damn good movie. Um, that's a oh man. I I kind of love a Serbian really? film, and a lot of people have given me shit for it. Yeah, because but honestly, like I if you the, break if you break that film down and yeah. it's into its cinematography, its sound design, its acting and stuff, it's a solid movie. It was well done for sure. Um, and I, I, I heard a and a with the director cause I was like, who the fuck made this shit? <laughs> right. Uh, right. And he, he said it had a lot of, uh, it was subliminal messages. Oh, it's about, bullshit. About the I, I heard him say that too. Really? It's bullshit. Yeah. Like, um, I don't like, what do you mean bullshit? Like as his message or. He- so there was a movie that came out in 2017 called trauma. Okay. And I, I saw it because people were saying, oh, it's the south american a serbian film so i was like i gotta watch it and so i did and that one i was like oh very obviously there's the undertones of the political situation in chile and the the history of violence and the what is this um, called again trauma trauma it's trauma, a, trauma. it's not a good movie okay a serbian film is a good movie i will go on record saying that okay. trauma is not okay. um but I could watch it and I could tell what it was trying to say, the statements it was making politically and philosophically and all that. A Serbian film, um, the director said, oh, when uh, the baby came out of the womb and they started having sex with it, Jesus. that was yeah, that. that was a... I skipped uh, over that. <laughs> I didn't like, oh, yeah. That was a symbol for how when we're born in Serbia, po- the political system has already fucked us. It's like, what are you talking about? That's what, yeah, that's what I... <laughs> So you think it was a cop out? Is what you're saying? It just I don't, I, I feel it, like um, there's some things you know uh, where you can look at it and you can go like I wonder I wonder if there's something more to this like The Shining for instance yeah. or every movie by David Lynch and mm. um, you can tell there's something there when you watch that part in a Serbian film there's no nothing in there that indicates to you this is more than what it's presented as not not one bit i would challenge you to find one if you didn't know that's what you were looking for you know once it's enough for me <laughs> no but i get what you're saying like it, it's just I don't know, I, well salo had that too yeah salo is a big statement about fascism, fascism and yeah. uh it's uh cruelty and oppression over specifically like the youth yeah. of this world right. and you can see that you can tell that's what it's about Serbian film, I don't know. It may be a cop out. 
like just to save his career so he could make another film (laughs) i don't know maybe but like i I didn't see it at all and i love that movie really yeah no it's it's uh it's i don't know uh (laughs) i watched like i i I read about it first and like it can't be that bad and like (laughs) oh shit dude whoever made that film like they it's like they were holding that in a long time ago and then they made it like oh i gotta let it that's what i felt watching that film man if you've never seen it uh don't <laughs> i disagree if you can I'm handle kidding, it kidding. watch it yeah i guess yeah i that's... took a horror class and one of the weeks we were supposed to watch that and i did the readings and i was like nope no i couldn't i couldn't <laughs> i was like uh what an interesting thing to be i don't know i feel like that that professor or teacher has a problem just like you know what <laughs> i hate my class the assignment is watch a serving film <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I actually this is a friend of mine she's a big uh, she's old she said she was big in the horror and then uh, around that time, she hit me up. It's like, hey, do you have any horror recommendations? Like, yeah, check this out. <clears throat> she watched it, and then she hit, me, she hit me up. Don't ever recommend this to anyone else. <laughs> what she movie said, was that? The Serbian film. Oh. Like, I relive some of my tragic things. I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, uh, it's always good to check with... I um. I have a very successful post on Tumblr that has about 2,000 notes where I went through every horror movie that I've seen that has that is known for being a disturbing movie, and yeah. I separated them into categories for um, varying degrees of sexual assault mm. because it's super triggering to people, and you oh, should yeah. be able to be like, I want to watch horror movie without <laughs> having to relive my trauma. Yeah. So I just got a list of like what are considered to be the most disturbing movies in the world. And I've seen them and went okay. What is that Serbian is... rank in your list? Oh, it's you know, and it's in it's in the subject of like uh, the ones that definitely okay. have a lot of sexual assault. Yeah. If you're wondering, my ranking is as far as my favorite movies ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just finished making a tier list that I'm gonna make a YouTube video about, um, where I cover every horror movie that I've seen that came out in 2000 up to this year. And it's about 400-something movies. And uh, I have Serbian film in my A tier, but not in my S tier. <laughs> Did you... So what were, what were some new... Uh, oh, yes. Oh, yeah, the original question. <laughs> new stuff! Yeah. This is going to happen a lot, by the way. This does no, happen. I, I would just like to say about your Tumblr uh, post, the successful one, that is both compassionate and smart, sir. Com- I commend you for Well, that. thank you. You're welcome. Um... First thing that comes to mind is a Korean horror film called Train to Busan. Mm-hmm. I've seen it. Which on is, Netflix, right? It is on Netflix. It's one of the best zombie movies you can watch that's Ooh. out right now. Definitely highly recommend. Um, Would you say it's the best zombie movie you've ever seen? No, because I'm too big of a George Romero fan. To oh, like, uh, you like you that. can't you betray him. I you like the poster in the in the door right there. I you just got it. It's behind you. Got it. Well, yeah, well, it's all right, man. You'll yeah. see it when you. See all it. right. What do you? What? what oh, um, sorry. Uh, so, you, what was the name of the film again? Train to Busan. Train to Busan. Okay, I'll check that out. He's on Netflix too. Okay. Yeah, it should. I hope it's still on Netflix. Um, let's see. Uh, the Witch was really good. A twenty four. I love A twenty four movies, and I think The Witch was the first one of their films they produced that I saw. Awesome. I'm with you on. I that, just bro. finished The Witch the other day. For the, I had I I don't know why I kept getting distracted. I would watch it and something would happen, right? And I just finished it the other day, and I thought it was gonna be like um, 
Well, I don't want to spoil for anyone. Has Beware of fucking goats. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> you know what? Slaughtered a lot of goats in my day. <laughs> Get a lot of beauty. <laughs> Kill them all. Look, but none of them were Satan goat. <laughs> no, no, no. No, well, maybe some of the birria wasn't that good. <laughs> um, the witch, huh? That That's... Uh, was that based on a book? No, you know? no, it's just based on Some historical occurrences, man. Oh. But not one actual story. It, it, I, I'll let Joe. It was it. on the uh, the folklore of journals that people had kept oh, of uh, their um, in the puritanical colonial yeah, days. Because it felt very authentic. Like this is not no fucking sleepy yeah, hollow. The, <laughs> uh, yeah, the the um, one of the things because I know a lot of people who are big horror fans that did not like the witch and. Mm. Um, Usually their reasoning is because they're into a lot of mainstream horror, which is yeah. fine. The Witch is very much not a mainstream horror yeah, film. It's very slow. No it's uh, it has um, it focuses mostly on the dynamics of the family yeah. and less on the antagonistic witch that's out in right, the woods. Right. But um, I think that that's uh, as much as I love A twenty four because I love them. All their horror movies, I think, are absolutely fantastic. What are some of their other horror films? I, I'm not. I, I don't. We were just going to talk about one earlier. As a we matter were. of fact, um, they they did uh, uh, Midsummer before we get there. Midsummer. Uh, and, and and it seems the, like you guys are holding on to that. And one. that so and that director directed Joaquin. a masterpiece previously called Hereditary. Hereditary. Oh, Hereditary. <laughs> they have they have a, a feeling to their movies. I've seen yeah. both of those. The thing about A24 movies that I love and and hate at the same time is that for instance the the biggest divisive one that i saw was they have this movie beautiful fantastic movie called it comes at night oh gosh and if you if you watch the trailer to that movie Mm -hmm. it looks like it's some sort of creepy monster movie and they're just being cleverly ambiguous by not showing you the monster in the trailer and it builds up all this hype and then you see the movie and it's not a monster movie at all it's um Mm. it's just some people trying to survive in the woods which again fantastic movie but they're Someone needs to stop their marketing department <laughs> because they are presenting people with these crazy anticipations for their movies that are not the type of horror movies they make. Right. They make perfectly good horror movies. Why disappoint people who are expecting one thing uh, over another? There is a film that was, I don't know if it ever came out, because I'm a big indie film fan. I just <clears> like <throat> the Berkeley cinemas all the time to go watch stuff. But, but I don't know if this film ever came out, but A24 had a film called Slice, I think it was. Splice? No, Slice. It was like um, Chance the Rapper and was it Zazie Beats? And there was like a werewolf involved and a pizza delivery service. You know, look it up. I, I intend right, to, right. like if I can download that sucker or pay for it, I, I'm definitely going to gonna watch it. For it's sure. A24 thing. I got the idea that it was like probably a horror comedy though. It's mm-hmm. a straight lace comedy. Uh, straight lace horror. You like comedy? I like uh, comedy. You do? What's like, uh, they will always talk about the fine line between horror and comedy. Yes. Like, <laughs> yeah, like R.L. Stein actually said that it, it's really the same formula yeah. um, because you're building up tension to something. It's just the punchline is different. Alice Cooper once said that horror and comedy are both in bed together. Yeah. So uh, in my class, it was... Hold on, sorry. Let me get my thoughts together. (laughs) Oh, they're both about dealing with taboo. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. A lot, yeah. And they both offend people. uh, I'm not saying not in the mic. 
they both they both have have the thing where you say they disturb people. Like right now, everybody's talking about Chappelle's special because it pisses everyone off. Yeah, and um, I don't think it would be like not piss not piss anyone off the way a Serbian film would. <laughs> it's different. It's way different, but uh, like I don't know. I, oh, but I wanted to get back to what we were talking about earlier. The the film A twenty four. Okay, so now I know hereditary yeah that's what it might like i haven't haven't really been disturbed by a film in a long time that's one of them that yeah kind of like something like you know i when i was a kid i would i would watch a scary film and uh, uh, any kind of horror film and i, I would you know not mm-hmm. have nightmares but it would stick <laughs> yeah. with me when i was going to the bathroom at night that's the last film that actually because I, I had read a little bit about the king payment yeah who said who Pyman, yeah. Pyman, yeah. Um, th- how did you feel about Hereditary? That I love Hereditary. It's in my S tier. Oh, <laughs> now, okay. now, this is what I got to ask you real quick. I read somewhere that, like, there was a critic who compared the director of Hereditary to Jordan Peele in regard to they both seem to have their inspiration and music musings from a particular brand of horror that was popular in the seventies, like Rosemary's baby, the Stepford wives, that type of thing. Do you, do you get that feel from um, the director of hereditary? And, and I don't know if you've seen get out, but of course I've seen get out. (laughs) I still haven't seen that or us. I got to watch those. Mm -hmm. Do I see the seven, you know, on one hand, yes, because, uh, the early films of the 70s and certainly the most popular horror films of the 70s were all these fairly large budget movies that we still talk about today, Mm -hmm. such as The Exorcist, Jaws, Alien, the Amityville Horror, um, these just huge movies that continue to influence filmmaking today. Mm -hmm. And, but on the other hand, um, I feel like uh, the way that Ari Aster and um, Jordan Peele make their movies are very different from um, the way that they would have been made back in the 70s because the the idea of those, those 70s horror movies were um, all inspired from these novels that were really popular as well. And get out and hereditary are both original screenplays that they helped to work on these are things that they basically they they threw like their heart and soul into it and the um the the product of the 70s horror in the 70s was the same thing that popular movies are today which is this book was a bestseller therefore it will be a movie and they were just more willing to throw money at them back then for horror in the 70s i feel like have you seen um, Zombie Lake? Zombie Lake? Yeah. I have not. Oh, okay. Never mind. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> failed you. It's, it's super, super <laughs> low budget. It's a weird movie. Like, it doesn't make any sense. The plot doesn't make any sense. There's no main character. Oh, sounds like a horror movie to me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I watched it. and <laughs> I met a horror movie. <laughs> I loved it. Well, actually, there's another one, Zombie Oasis. You haven't seen that one? Oh, I have not seen okay. that one either. Apparently, they started off as, as the same script. Anyways, I love the movie, and I can't tell why. But it's it's probably one of those like where it's like so bad it's good. Oh, classics, yeah, um, yeah. But that was my first time watching one that mm-hmm. was like Trolls Two. No. <laughs> oh, Troll Two. <laughs> I might have seen that as a kid. Yeah. 
I probably Neil Bog. It's goblin spelled backwards. <laughs> yeah, it, it, there's big old. Sorry, I didn't mean to. No, 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 that was it. I, it, has, oh, oh. it has that famous moment. Oh my God, they're they're eating her, and then they're gonna eat me. Oh my God. <laughs> the, the acting is bad. The the the, and then they they do like events where they'll. Fill, in, fill up a, a, a theater and, and mm. watch it together. Have you ever been to anything like that to see any films? No, I haven't. Okay. A lot of my friends want me to go, like you know, room, Rocky, you know room. Rocky Horror Picture Show Rocky is one Horror, they always yeah. try to get me on, but I, I just haven't gone. I went to go see um, Halloween at the Rialto Theater two years ago. Uh, they were screening the original Halloween. It was a crazy night. Some dude pulled out a knife on the guy in front of us. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that was like interesting. Just pulled it out and was like, it were, look it at my altercation. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. That, wow. I don't know. I just, I just remember that because yeah. that's the last. Um, isn't it something I wanted to ask you right now when we were talking about what's the worst horror film you've seen and why? Because I'm, I feel like your knowledge on horror is is like, oh man, I got this guy in front of me that knows a lot about horror, and I'm curious to know like whatever movie he thinks is like the worst and not. Uh, like I'll, I'll be like, oh god, I thought that was really scary. <laughs> I really, I'm, 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 in, I'm curious. Hmm. What's one of the worst horror films that you just like? Oh man, this is this is not. Because I feel with horror, like I don't know, the fans of horror, even the ones that I guess regular people see as shitty, you'll find some kind of value to it. I I try to. Um, honestly, I feel like my answer would be like troll 2 or something like that because uh there's a lot of movies that are in horror that the genre is a little bit unique because there's a lot of people who make intentionally bad horror movies Mm -hmm. just to satisfy that campy sort of idea yeah um but like if you can fail at doing that too then you've really made the worst horror movie. Okay, okay. And it's, part of me is just like, yeah, Troll 2, it has that charm, though. Yeah. Like, it's so bad that, like, people watch it for, like, the entertainment value of how terrible it is. To me, something that's, like, a terrible horror movie would look something more like uh, Valentine or something like that. Oh, yeah. Um, one that comes to mind also is... Uh, this is a movie called Dreamcatcher that yeah, yeah. has more, more, yeah, Morgan Freeman's in it and all these like, and it, how the hell is that movie so bad when it's got everything that normally makes a good horror movie? <laughs> Stephen King it, and Morgan Freeman. That, yeah. Yeah. And like uh, a script that was um, uh, written by a uh, very good screenwriter. It's got an all star cast. It has amazing crew and it still was horrible. I have a theory. Yeah. I think Stephen King novels, although are fantastically written are just cursed when it comes to trying to adapt them to screen i would think that too but i mean the shining wasn't even made his way my ultimate rebuttal to that is the mist which is (laughs) everyone just ah because you know you know the mist is that that good like it's one of like that's another one um like don't get me wrong i love the shining (laughs) But it's still not quite Stephen King's no, book. No, I wasn't. Right. But 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 the mist is definitely Stephen King's novella with the ending slightly changed. Didn't he redo it though? The Shining. Didn't he redo? Yeah, it? Yeah, he made and his. It was a fucking flop. Like Be- no one liked it. Because Stephen's yeah. not a director. Oh, he's <laughs> directed one movie. <laughs> oh yeah, Maximum Overdrive, baby. <laughs> we don't talk about that. Do we? <laughs> 
Don't forget, we get, still got to get back to midsummer before the end of this podcast. Okay. We've been teasing oh. it. Listeners are at home going, what are they going to say Were about you it? a fan of that after, after uh, was it, I have them right here, After Dark? After Dark Horror Fest? Yeah, were you a fan of that? I I'm like probably something like an eighth a fan of it okay. because I think that every time After Dark Horror Fest has their festivals, like you can pull about because uh, they do the eight films to die for. Yeah. And I think you can pull maybe two of those every year that are like gems that they've found and the other six are like well i can see why this was not released in a theater and it's not the way that you say it after dark where these were too extreme for cinemas Mm -hmm. they just cinemas came to their senses and said (laughs) we we don't want these that's yeah because i i I, some some guy told me about him and the way he he sold it like oh dude i gotta i haven't seen him yet but i before i even watch him i wanted to hear your you know your take on it because he told me you were big in the in the horror speak we'll get back to what he was gonna um i don't know if you want to talk about that yet but don't I, be, worry, before Joaquin. we before we get to that have you ever like are you writing uh horror do you want to is that something that you want to do yeah i uh like i have it seems like that's what you, i i, I want I want to see something directed and written by you that's horror. Oh, thank you. <laughs> At this point, like, well, I have I have two books out. Um, yeah, there's a figure in the forest, mm-hmm. which um, is a sort of like Slenderman esque sort of story. Um, and then I have the Devourer of Souls, which, contrary to the sound of it, is not a Judas Priest album. It's actually. <laughs> uh, um, a sort of Lovecraftian <laughs> sort of um, tale about uh, discovering things man was never meant to know, you know, yeah. the, the deal. And uh, I finished writing another book that's actually currently being edited. Oh, wow. And whenever that's done, then I'll publish that one too. There's a series that I want to uh, write um, currently that I've been outlining since I was 15. And How old do you know? 26 Mm. so now i'm i'm just kind of getting because it's in a whole fictional universe i want to make sure that like uh because you know with like tolkien you can go down and trace everyone's lineage all the way back to the beginning of time Mm. and i want to be able to do that with my fictional universe as well as possible so you have your own languages written like no no i'm not that committed but i don't think anyone is to be (laughs) honest like no one has quite outdone the old man in that respect. I think there's a band that did that. Mm. Created. I'm trying to think right now. But no, sorry. You know, I'll go back to you. No, no, that's that's pretty much what, it. The, so. the, I'm, I'm curious about the um, the figure in the dark. Figure in the forest. Figure in the forest. Sorry. What uh, I want to, because I, I, that's the one you sent me the link of, and I was like, oh, like I, I didn't have enough time. I would have liked to have read it, but just kind of a brief description. Of yeah. It's so about. it's about. Uh, is this it like based um, on a dream or is it a... actually all my books are based on dreams oh. they're all a dream that i have and i remember my dreams when i have them so i just like cool and I, if it scared me then i write about it yeah um this one's about this uh a school teacher who he sees that one of his uh, students is starting to act strangely you know they're not doing so well in their class and stuff and he's curious about it until one day disappears this yeah. this student and he becomes interested in like this mystery but as he starts researching it as it turns out that um it's not just like he was kidnapped or something like this was like this creature that came and took him 
and he starts as he starts trying to figure out what this thing is he starts being pursued by this creature as well and that's the gist of the story okay 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 so I was just going to say, I, I want to hear a little bit about The Devourer of Souls. Yeah, I, well, I, I want to hear about all of them. I'm but a fan of Lovecraftian, um, Lovecraftian fiction and so, unknowable to man, as they say. So, so fun fact, um, I had just started getting into Lovecraft when I wrote this book. What is Lovecraft? He's a, Howard uh, Phillips Lovecraft, one of the greatest horror authors to do it, although... Warning to our listeners out there who are of varying modes of ethnicity, this is a man so racist he even hated the Dutch. So he was he was a monster, absolutely. (laughs) Whenever you go to read Lovecraft, please note that's a racist asshole, and some of it seeps through into his work. So when when was it from? The nineteen twenties. Yep, yep. And he was like a a uh, he was a British descent. And he came from a family of old school money. And, you know, this is during the time when the British believed in superior breeding. So he was raised. They don't now. (laughs) (laughs) Right. This is back when inbreeding was considered class act. Right. Like so. (laughs) But but uh, yeah. And and poor old Lovecraft was like your typical rich kid semi shut in. It's afraid of everything. And like. Some could even argue that his monsters were just reflections of him being afraid of like immigrants and mm. like Asian folks and black folks. And it's interesting. Well, like, uh, but scary as hell. Oh, like he's responsible for setting the modern horror stage as we know it today. Without him, uh, like a lot of horror that, uh, as far as we like monsters, aliens, uh, like the, um, black magic all that stuff that was all him he came up with all that type of horror very important writer very racist person (laughs) uh but i had just started reading um his stuff when i started writing uh the devourer of souls and god damn it right when i uh was halfway through my book i picked up his story at the mountains of madness and it's the same goddamn story i was writing pretty much and i was like oh Oh no! <laughs> I, I hate um, when that happens when like some think, guys go on an expedition and then shit goes to pot. Pretty much. When you think of something that you think is original, and then you, like I was thinking of something that I wanted to put as as because you know we do stand up comedy, mm-hmm. and we wanted I wanted to write as a joke. Um, then I watched George Carlin. Uh, there's a video on YouTube because uh, the joke was about death because I had just experienced couple of family deaths and and you hear a lot of the same thing like like someone's reading a script when someone dies like, oh sorry to hear that blah 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 you know and then i heard george carlin talk about it in in detail and, and it's just like off oh, well there goes that <laughs> <laughs> yeah the because at the mountains of madness is these folks they go on an expedition and then they find um these ruins of the civilization they start looking into it and uh they're like what happens if we melt the ice oh no they're alive and they start uh experimenting on them immediately yeah. and uh that is that is my story i hope oh. that you <laughs> no but like uh so just go read no, I'm it's just <laughs> it's a little it's a little bit different um my team that i have is a group of archaeologists they found um, a city underground that they've been excavating to go to. And as they're exploring, 
um, they find that the inhabitants are there, and it looks like you know a sort of Pompeii sort of situation. They're all locked in like uh, reminds in me of that stone. Reminds me of that Hollow Earth theory. Oh yeah, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's the that's the idea of this. So they take the specimens out and they start like looking into them, and they find oh these are not humans yeah. that are down here, and um, the story goes from there. But the idea of the book actually is that what you're reading. Mm-hmm is what has been recovered of a journal from one of the dead archaeologists. Which is classic Which is classic Lovecraft. Like, most of his stories are, like, the journal being read by the narrator or a story Mm. heard from a journal entry told to the fourth guy. It's like, uh, uh, you know how Luis likes to narrate uh, from from the Ant-Man movies? It's kind of like that. It's all secondhand stuff. Most of it, most of it is secondhand stuff. Do I think you Innsmouth is first person though, like experience. Anyway, do you play uh, horror video games? I do, I do. What's, what What do you What do you like? Um, I'm a big fan of the old school Silent Hill games. Oh my god, I'm so glad you said that. <laughs> I love me. fucking. Sorry, what? You keep telling me that I gotta play those. You gotta play them. Like if you love horror, you gotta play Silent Hill. Yeah. Um. A friend also told me about a VR game that's really scary. I, f- I forgot. He, he, he the VR game is not important. Silent Hill is. Oh, okay. <laughs> so which which Silent Hills do you like? Uh, I love one, two, and three. Two is my favorite one. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I actually did not play the room. Um, I it's on my list. Yeah, of like, yeah. gotta play it. Uh, I played Origins, and um, I played Homecoming. I didn't get into Shattered Memories, mm. and uh, I never played Downpour, and because uh, I was kind of done with the franchise at that point, yeah, I was really excited was. for Kojima to bring it back before Konami yeah. killed it. But did you like the movie? Wasn't there the movie? reason I don't like the movie is because I like the games. Okay, yeah, I imagine that's yeah. That's hard to... I think there's a lot of people that I know that are big fans of the movie. I didn't think it was that bad when you consider video game movies. But no, you're not wrong. I'll give you that. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's not. If you like Silent Hill, you're gonna play the game. To me, Silent Hill Two is like, I would put it there with um, Citizen Kane and all that stuff. Uh, as far really? as like the, the greatest Whoa. of all time, yeah, yeah, yeah. Any, yeah. Um, what really? else? Yeah, Silent I Hill would. Two. Silent Hill Two. Yeah. Movie. Mm-hmm. No, the, the the no the video game. <laughs> oh, the, the Citizen Kane of video games. I thought you were saying it was the Citizen Kane. There's of only video one movie, games. right? Yeah. There's two, movies, There's two movies, Silent yeah. Hill, and then, yeah, there was a second one, whatever the fuck it was called. I, <laughs> I, was I like, actually wait. There's a Citizen Kane video game. <laughs> no, 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 no. I no, no like, it. like in terms of quality. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it's, yeah it's legacy. Yeah, things like that. Uh, there's that. Yeah, there's a lot of video games to me that try to be Silent Hill too. Anyways, um, what what else? What other horror video games? Um. I'm trying. I'm trying to not stay too classic because, of course, I could go old school Resident Evil and stuff what, like that. Well, which ones do you like? There's nothing wrong because I tend classic. to be very. Yeah, there's nothing wrong about. Oh no, but like <laughs> yeah, last time we talked about like uh, new movies and stuff. Yeah, but, that's, um, yeah. Because like I do love the the old Resident Evils. Um, the HD remake they released of the first Resident Evil is amazing. I was hoping that's what they were going to do for the HD remake of Resident Evil 2, but mm-hmm. then they did the whole third person over the shoulder. You didn't like that? 
I haven't tried it yet. I'm not against it. I'm not like, it's like, oh, they, they ruined the game. I'm not like that. Um, mm-hmm. But I really love the the fixed camera yeah. um, like system that they had in mm-hmm. the old games because it did add this whole layer of tension mm-hmm, besides mm-hmm. that because there's something to be said for games that where you don't feel like you're controlling your right. character as best as you can be. Right. Like there's a layer of frustration there, but in horror that it's just the tip of the iceberg mm-hmm, where mm-hmm. everything underlying that is like the reason you're upset that you can't control your character to the degree that you want is because you're gonna die. die. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so did you like the horror shooters that came out in the during the three sixty era? Xbox three sixty era? Some of them. Some uh them. I liked the first fear. I've actually mm. completed that campaign 32 times. Wow. And uh, to the degree where I let a friend borrow it, and uh, he was stuck on a part, so he called me on the phone. <laughs> and I was on the phone, and yeah. I talked to him, and I walked him through the level to get him to the place where he needs to be, because I remembered it exactly where he was. Wow. And Fear 2 was less good. It had some moments, in it, and Fear 3 was awful. Uh, is that a zombie game also? I, I'm not familiar. No, with. they're like uh, Fear is. Um, uh, it's like the girl from the ring, no? Kind of. Uh, oh, I'm I'm trying to describe it without doing the whole story. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're a like the United States made this like special force where it's like you know you have the Marines, the Air Force. This is the one that deals with ghosts. Oh yeah. And okay. you're you're that team. You go in and uh, you're supposed to like. There's this. Um, uh, defense contractor for that the United States has uh, been using, and they've been working on super soldiers. And the super soldiers are all telepathically linked to one psychic commander. Well, that psychic commander said, it's time to have revenge on all of my enemies! And he's just using the super soldiers to go around on his hit list. And they were like, alright, well, you gotta go stop that guy. <laughs> um, and on the way there, though, because it's like psychic powers and stuff like that, you're attacked by um, ghosts and um, like uh, weird creatures. There's lots of like moments where you're pulled into another dimension and stuff. So it's halfway Call of Duty and halfway this horror like experience. Yeah. The way that Fear did it was really cool. Because some games are just like, this is a horror game, and it's just a shooter where things run at you and you shoot them. Fear did it really well. Fear 2 did it a little bit less well, because they were like um, uh, more focused on the shooting part and less on the like haunting, scaring you part by like literally dividing it. It's like, this is a shooting level. This is a horror level. This is a shooting level. This is a horror level. And then Fear 3, they're like, well, we'll just take out all of the horror until the last level. <laughs> and that wasn't my favorite. I thought Condemned was really good. Um, Is that one a shooter? No, it's, uh, I mean, it's first person. Okay. Yeah, and yeah. you, but instead of shooting, you have like bricks and bats and boards mm. and uh, rebar and stuff that you fight with. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people say, I don't, I don't get it. Condemned isn't scary. And I'm, I challenge anybody to play Condemned with surround sound or good ass speak, uh, headphones, it's another experience mm-hmm. entirely. Uh, you had um, a lot of horror shooters that came out and the 360 PS3 era and stuff, but as like horror almost died yeah. because of how influenced by like the mainstream shooters mm-hmm. it was. It wasn't until 
Let's Players um, like kind of saved it through mm. like amnesia and stuff mm. that it, horror kind of came back in, in gaming. Have you played uh, Fatal Frame? Oh, yes. Um, that's my second favorite horror uh, franchise. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, do you like... Most people like two. Do you agree with that one? With that? As in, like, the, so Fatal Frame 1, 2, and 3? Yeah, most people consider two, like, the best one. Uh, I don't know. I don't see why it's so much better than the first one. Because I like the first one. <laughs> yeah. I, I think the one and two, to me, kind of the same. Uh, I, I love them both. Mm-hmm. I don't think that one is considerably better right, than right, another. Right, 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 yeah. Uh, I thought three was pretty good. Like, I never played the fourth one, but... Uh, it's a, it's a solid trilogy. Mm-hmm. Going back to the original question, um, you mentioned a few films, the new films, and I was just talking about this earlier. Like I, I like to know what other interests, like certain people who were authors or filmmakers of a specific genre. Like for example, I'm a I'm a huge boxing fan, mm. and um, uh, some of my favorite boxing trainers. You know, in interviews, they say they don't actually watch boxing. They, they watch soccer or they watch whatever. I'm curious, what non-horror films are you, like, a big fan of? Or, or, I'm just curious, you know, me, just based on everything you've told us today. Well, my favorite movie of all time is actually Apocalypse Now. Oh, okay. uh, Which is a uh, Heart of Darkness-esque yeah. Vietnam War movie. Francis and Ford Coppola. Absolutely. Yeah. I uh, picked up... Nothing like the smell of... I love the smell of napalm in napalm. the morning. Napalm. 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 I just picked up Apocalypse Now, the final cut in 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray. Mm. And it's a six-disc uh, collector's piece that has oh, yeah. the final cut, Redux, the original cut, and the documentaries on making the film. That would make it the... Um, fourth time that I've bought Apocalypse Now on uh, video. <laughs> I've heard it, it being called the best... Uh, war film of all time. Would I won't. You, I won't. Agree? I won't disagree because it's my favorite film of yeah. all time. But I think if you were to give a contender, it has to be Saving Private Ryan. Oh yeah. What about Full Metal Jacket? Do you like Full Metal? And that was since we're on the topic of war films. I do. You know, I have a uh, um, a cousin uh, who just died recently. Oh, um, that was in. That's uh, all right. Um, he was in Vietnam, <laughs> and. Um, when he came back and they released movies about the Vietnam War, he said that Full Metal Jacket's actually the most realistic one. Oh, wow. Um, because he, he had seen, you know, Platoon, Apocalypse Now and stuff, and is like, I never saw any jungle when I was in Vietnam. It was all cities and um, ruins, and it was all fighting, trying to, like, and you just didn't move because you knew that one of the buildings had a sniper in it. And you just stayed wow. there for days mm-hmm. and waiting to move and stuff like that. And I'm um, talking about, like, boot camp and everything. It's like, that's what it was. It's, like, exactly what it was like. We're actually going to have a Vietnam veteran come here uh, soon and talk to us about He's actually stand-up comic. But, yeah, no, that I'm, I've always... It's really hard to get a, a veteran to talk about their experience. Oh, so, yeah. like, I, I, I never push it either. But the ones that mm-hmm. have opened up about it, 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 like you said, it's nothing about like like you see in the movies, like not yeah. the jungle and, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> my my grandfather um, was in Vietnam on, on the other on my on my dad's mm-hmm. side of the family, 
and like he never wanted to talk about it. I understand he had nightmares um, from what my grandmother told me. But uh, one time, one time he opened up and it wasn't even about the service. John Kerry was running oh, yeah. and John Kerry was taking a lot of heat um, because they were calling him like a flip flopper. They, they were talking about how he went on the White House lawn and threw his purple heart down on the, on the lawn and he's a traitor and he couldn't make up his mind. And my take on that was always like smart people change their mind when they receive new evidence, right? That's not flip-flopping. That's adjusting to new intelligence. That's what we need. And I asked my grandfather what, what, you know, what he felt about it. And some people were saying he was a hero. And, and my grandfather said, you know, in war, there are no real heroes. Um, there's stuff going on you're taking fire and he was communications officer which means he had like the backpack with the radio attached to it um there are no real heroes you're just trying to do the best you can to survive and because you're connected to your fellow army men you might be the guy to jump on the grenade because your goal is the for as many of you to survive as possible um not win not save the day he said, survive. <clears throat> and I thought that was very, very enlightening and very mm-hmm. interesting take on on combat. Speaking of horror, that's probably one of the most horrifying yeah. things that I can even imagine being. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, man, we, we keep going away from the original. I love it, though. I love it. <laughs> right, cause you, right. you know, but um, so the witch was one of them. Uh, mm-hmm. You mentioned hereditary. I don't know if that was in your list. Yeah, that was just yeah, the, absolutely. Yeah, hereditary. Uh, what was the other one? You trained to, to Busan. About, uh, Midsummer. Midsummer. What? Yep. what I've right, never heard of that. Let's talk about Midsummer. I, now, I know you guys are excited to talk about it. I've never heard of it's it. It's all so. Joaquin, but I'm here for it. Oh my <laughs> goodness! I mean, Ari Aster, like brilliant director. I, I think he's the he and Jordan. I feel like are, are Jordan Peele going to be my my two favorite horror directors of our time. Really? I for me, it was the most well lit horror film I'd ever seen. You know what I mean? Like For sure. it was this. I was like, this thing is bright, and I didn't think that something this this bright could elicit that much dread. And that that's really the, the one of the things of this film is it, it does a lot of things. It it uh, it it introduces an alternative culture. Um, some people would probably try to compare it to like some of the older like occult cult movies like wicker man or something like that but i'm like no this thing is definitely its own thing every shot has a purpose anyway but you're the guest sir midsummer. i want to hear your thoughts midsummer, on it huh? midsummer. midsummer i'm just gonna um, lock it in because I, I there's a lot of stuff that i, I get, pick up from these conversations man so midsummer uh admittedly i didn't like as much as hereditary but mm. only for one reason that's because hereditary scared me and Midsummer really? did not. Ah. And I feel like Midsummer is definitely one that enters into the argument of, is this a horror movie or is it not a horror movie kind of mm. thing? Um, I think that Hereditary, I mean, Midsummer, however, is exactly the movie that the director wanted to make. And you can't say that about every movie for sure. Yeah. Some movies you watch them and you're just like, you know, would have been cooler if they uh, spent more time on this. Yeah. Would have been cooler if, uh, you know, 
maybe was, they got this person to do, the, or maybe another scene like this, or been better something if like that. The studio heads had shut their mouths and yeah. let the director do what they wanted. Exactly. I'm looking at you, Spider-Man Three. There you go. <laughs> there's there's lots of movies where you can tell this was not the plan, and mm-hmm. it and uh, whether that came together for better or for worse, you can figure that out by watching it. Midsummer, you watch it and you go. This is exactly the movie that they wanted to make. Yeah. And that's one thing you can say about it for sure. But, like, uh, I think my favorite thing about Midsummer is that it presents to you this entirely different culture. And it leaves you with the question of, is this culture who believes in things like sacrifice mm-hmm. and... um I don't want to spoil too much, but like fairly like, you know, what you might interpret as cruel things. It's a horror movie after yeah, all. Yeah. Um, is that culture worse than our society? And that's the question they sort of leave you with because and just, just one line of dialogue from the film. Um, uh, when a character is asked, it's like, did you see what they did back there? He goes, well, I mean, Think about what we do with our elderly. We put them in homes and just leave them there. And they probably look at that as being barbaric. And that's just one of like the analogies they make in this movie. But they really do, just like in that final shot, you get the <coughs> idea of just like, this is a home to um, the people who live in this culture. and It's, it's like, is it's, it's set in the tribe or something far away? Or it's uh, like a cult. Um, it's in Europe. Commune, oh, I would commune. say. Okay, yeah. Okay. And it's, it's like, to, yeah. like somewhere in north, north, northeastern Europe, right? In Sweden, it's in Sweden, yeah. Yeah, Sweden. Oh, okay. and, um, but yeah, that's, that's the idea that they leave you with. It's just like, hey, you may have seen some fairly disturbing visual horror that's just a part of their everyday life, but can you say that what they are living is worse than what we are living kind of thing. And in fact, some might argue that it's better. It opens up an interesting conversation. I think that's my favorite Mm -hmm. part of it with like, uh, hereditary was kind of like a big puzzle that you were mm-hmm. putting together throughout the movie until it finally culminates in the end. And even at the end, you're like, I feel like I missed something. Maybe I need to watch it again to figure out all the little subtle things. I love, no, I love that the name but, was perfect. Cause I, 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 it's it, that whole world, man is real. Like I, I've, I don't want to say too much, but I've, ex, I've experienced like that lineal, the family, the family. Oh that, yeah. With, yeah. with certain Passing people. things mm-hmm. down. It's big in Mexico. Right. And, mm-hmm. An experience with a family and and yeah that 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 like let me know this this filmmaker is uh, did his homework because <laughs> that 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 stuff is real man I'm sure you've you've are you in, like you do research about the real stories behind a lot of these um, like what what I don't want to ask say what's your belief but like um, you believe in a lot of these like uh, the dark arts and stuff like that. Well, to to a degree. To a degree. Um, there's, uh, like sometimes say like I don't believe in it, but I ain't gonna fuck with it. That's for that's, sure. Yeah, yeah, for <laughs> right. sure, for sure. Yeah. Now, I would say there's a thematic link in both films by Ari Aster, and you, I want to know what your take, what your thoughts on this are. I think both films explore different angles of codependency, mm. and and mm-hmm. and toxic relationships among family members how do you feel about that 
you agree? Do you, you get the same feeling? I can see where you're coming from. I think that they definitely deal with the sort of like uh, traumatizing aspects that um, pull apart and push together uh, aspects of relationships, family, and things like that. Uh, I think it's a little bit unfair to say that it's like, yeah, he did the same thing in this movie as he did in the other and to say that it's a, a trademark kind of thing. Well, I'm not trying to but, like downcast it. He, he he did it. He explored different angles oh, sure. of it. But I, I think that was just a theme that he wanted to explain. Like, like in the first in Hereditary, it was very much like, um, you know, an oppressive mother sort of a figure character, right? In in the grandma. And in Midsummer, it seemed like uh, he was exploring codependency from a relationship angle and also an angle with, you know, the sister. Mm-hmm. No, I, I see exactly what you mean. Yeah. He definitely, uh, there's something that um, a friend of mine said after we watched Midsummer. He said, you know, one thing you can say about Ari Aster is the best part about Stephen King. They know how to write trauma when it mm-hmm. comes to their characters. Because, you know, you ever watch horror movies and you're just like, the <laughs> opening scene, like someone's brother gets like axed or something like that and then it's like 10 years later and it's like oh I'm sorry about that accident and they're just like you know I've moved past it and whereas you have <laughs> whereas you have like Stephen King and Ari Aster and some other really great filmmakers you can see in the way that they behave and the way that they talk and the way that they act exactly how they feel about it mm, yeah they just gave you that little thing of like the brother being killed so that you have you know feelings for this protagonist and that's it it doesn't actually play a vital role in the rest of the story whereas the good writers in horror always get you to understand the the emotions that the characters are feeling which is why which is why stephen king is good yeah and that's why ari aster is good because the characters feel like human beings that you're watching uh, interact. And then the characters can carry the story well, be- way better when they do express yeah. that emotion. Because it's one thing to be like, um, oh, it's a scary concept with a serial killer out there. It's like, it's even scarier if you don't want the characters to die. Yeah. 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 Which is why I, you wa- do you like The Walking Dead? Uh, when they killed Glenn, <laughs> I have I haven't yeah. watched up to like I've watched like three episodes of The Walking Dead. Oh, I never got into it. No, I I've seen the first season and I've read a bunch of the comic books. Um, I didn't know Glenn was dead, but that's okay. Oh, you didn't? It's okay. It's okay. Oh, okay. Well, it's, okay. it's, it's, right. it's been out there for a year. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, um. We we got away from the original. <laughs> no, no, it's cool. It's cool. I'm I'm actually um I'm glad that because there's a lot of other stuff that we we touched on, especially your books. Um, mm-hmm. where if 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 um it are they sold online exclusively or or where can we where can I? Yeah, them? just uh, you can get them on uh, uh Amazon and the uh. Uh, Barnes and Noble bookstore. I think you can get the first one. Oh, also, okay, okay. you might be able to get them. You might be able to get the other one on the bookstore also. Okay. You always go to JoePangelinaHorror.com. They're right there. <laughs> nice man. Um, 
and then your music where we can listen to you everywhere spotify apple music um youtube Bandcamp, soundcloud uh uh deezer and uh napster all that stuff favorite filmmaker of all time that's the question i have for you no we mentioned a couple of them but yeah, and you know, it's crazy because your favorite filmmaker sometimes it, it not necessarily means they they you like their their films is your I mean you know you know what I'm saying like they're they're like more for their style yeah because because there's uh, some of your favorite filmmakers it not necessarily mean your favorite movie is directed by them I'm just like who's your favorite filmmaker of all time Gaspar's got to head out that's why he's making all that fucking noise oh <laughs> not even gonna say goodbye to our listeners. No, no, no. Have a good night, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> our only listeners are parents. <laughs> <laughs> the boys party. <laughs> uh, uh, that's a hard question to answer. No, no sure. I have an answer. Oh, you do? Fuck yeah, that's what I like. <laughs> <laughs> Yorgos Lanthimos. Ooh, that's, that's my favorite guy right now. Really? Um, is he is he a, a newer? He's newer. Okay. Uh, that's what I like, because I've, I've never heard of him. Neither have I. Give you Dogtooth, The Lobster. I have the, heard of The Lobster. The Killing of a Sacred Deer, and The Favorite most recently. Are they uh, English oh, films? Oh, my gosh. I've heard of The Favorite. That's that's like the, the Victorian era one, yes, yes. right? Oh, I've that was on my list of films to see this year. I, I did not oh, make it. Oh, 2017 film, The Killing of a Sacred Deer. Yeah. yeah I heard of that one, too. Uh, are, oh, okay. All right. Yeah. No. See, I, I. And why? Why is it that it's your favorite filmmaker? Is it? Is it all horror films, or is it? No. 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 Oh no. Um, he's oh, got. Wow. He's, see, that's what's interesting because you're a horror guy, but that's. Your he's favorite. got uh, one horror film in there, which is Killing of a Sacred Deer. Okay. Um, uh, Dogtooth is while very disturbing, is mostly just a really dark comedy kind of thing. Oh, um, check that out. And uh, the Lobster is also a dark comedy, but it's like a commentary on uh, how we perceive relationships in yeah. this world and uh if you haven't seen the favorite i'm not going to talk about it go watch the favorite it's it's I'm so damn good um but i love him because you know you ever watch like a, a david lynch movie for example yeah. yeah and you know how his characters at sometimes they just seem so awkward and lifeless kind of thing yeah. um where yorgos lanthimos comes in with uh all these characters that have the strangest lines of dialogue the weirdest things that they say and it catches you off guard and everyone in this world has this like blank expression kind of like attitude that they head through this world and um it gives this like bleak kind of outlook on it but what i love most about yorgos lanthimos is all his movies they are simultaneously ultra realistic and very surreal at the same time and that blend gives you something where it's like uh um i think that's uh gaspar's car sorry about that (laughs) sounds like a dying mouse out there (laughs) sorry about that oh that's all right i don't think we can hear it here we can yeah yeah yeah. we'll have to edit in some (laughs) for sure um now now bill is joining us. oh yeah i'm coming off Uh, the bench how did you guys meet oh that's uh, 
That's a new, no, we, when we stare at each other and squint, <laughs> like how? Trying to. I think that I met you at our mutual friend Nate's house. I think it was like a um, games night. Yeah, he was having board game time, and he invited a whole bunch of us to come play board games mm-hmm. at his house. And mm-hmm. did he bring his puppet? No, I didn't. <laughs> okay, he doesn't right. bring him everywhere. Good. That's how you made a friend that day. <laughs> You've seen the puppet? He showed me pictures of it. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know he has a puppet, right? I did not know you oh, have a puppet. Jesus, I have a puppet. His name's Corey. He's a Corey has a Facebook. Corey. And a I tender. think Corey and I are friends on Facebook, too. Jesus. You say he has a tender? Yeah. He does have a tender. <laughs> does he first... get any swipes? It's funny, because the, the day he told me about it was the day we were going to be shooting something in the in the woods he's <laughs> like oh god I'm gonna walk in the woods with this guy <laughs> um <laughs> sorry. Just, I just good. had to introduce you cause you just oh yeah yeah I mic. came off the bench finally yeah I know finally <laughs> um everyone loves Elmo but no one likes Kevin Clash I don't understand the reference. Kevin Clash is Elmo's puppeteer. Oh, yeah. And you're yeah. right. I <laughs> exactly. But, but he also did like... Gaspar was Elmo? <laughs> <laughs> no. But yeah, he he uh, he also did like Baby Dinosaur on the Dinosaurs and a bunch oh. of other puppets. He's one of like... Wow. Uh, he's big in the Jim Henson Company. And then uh, some stuff about his personal life came out and he had to step away from Sesame Street. Mm. He was accused of some things. I think it was a la Kevin Spacey level accused. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. yeah no, that's, that's... That would be my, by the way, second uh, choice for favorite uh, director is David Fincher. Okay. And I brought him up because I heard Kevin Spacey. When I hear Kevin Spacey, I think of Seven. Mm. Classic. Uh, the Game also, right? By him? Was that him? Did he do the game? He I did. It was. Um, uh, I can confirm that. Gone Girl. He did Social Network. The game that was with um, yeah. um, Michael Michael Douglas, Douglas, right? The yeah. Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Oh, that was him. Oh, that's and, a classic uh, one. Alien the game. Three. Alien Three. Yeah. Oh. It is an underrated uh, Alien movie. I will. I will die on this yeah, hill. Yeah, David. Alien Fincher. Three. <laughs> the game. David Fincher. Um, <laughs> oh, for sure. I'm. I mean, I. I appreciate the aesthetic of her. Her being stuck on a prison planet of of monks and and what i i get the idea that there were different drafts of this movie and there were different versions of alien 3 uh-huh. and my biggest gripe with alien 3 is like why would you kill off hicks and um and newt so unceremoniously when they the were so didn't sign on for this yeah sequel. you go hey michael bean do you want to be in this movie no okay bye that's that's what it is look you when you're a David Fincher in the um, at that time period in your life, you haven't made Fight Club yet. Mm-hmm. Nobody is. Oh, that was fight, that was yep. Too. Oh, yeah. You you haven't gotten to the point where people are just like, here, do whatever you want with all this money. You're like, look, we need someone to do Alien Three. Michael B. and and uh, the the girl won't. They won't do it. Um, but that's why I was so excited for like Neil Blomkamp's Alien movie he was going to make. And then they they canned that too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ridley Scott wanted to make more. Even though nobody else wanted him to make more, how dare you? You know what I like about <laughs> now. No, no, you, hold on oh, yeah, yeah, one yeah. second. <laughs> I have to address no, no, this. It's going to get interesting. This is ding, ding, ding. Now fight. I can understand the disdain for Prometheus. Prometheus was terrible. No, no, really? no. It's not a terrible movie, 
because there are I've, terrible. It's a beautiful film it filled is. with stupid people. That's fine. There's a lot <laughs> of movies, movies that are. are filled with stupid people. There's a lot of movies that do have stupid people in it. Let's for all sure. go in the haunted house, gang. I'll the different the difference is that the audience expectation for stupid characters isn't there. Once um, you say these are esteemed scientists, then people go, why are they making such bad decisions? But I would argue this is the horror way of life. (laughs) If you want them to be killed by the creepy alien in the cave, one must write a character who is willing to go into that cave. And um, I also think because uh, I always interpreted from the moment that that big white squidward guy um <laughs> fell into the water after drinking that poison i was like oh this is going to be an analogy to um uh the divine comedy paradise lost sort yeah. of like aspect and from then on after seeing that i was like now i know like what they're going to try and do with this film and for that reason i appreciated it mm-hmm. an alien covenant was much better than Prometheus See, was. I, 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 I stopped after Prometheus. I was like, I can't. I can't stay I, with this franchise now, anymore. Now, I will say I, I did like that theme in Prometheus, that, that Paradise Lost angle. I love that. And I liked what they did with the android because he kind of carries that theme full weight on because the android is our, by our, I mean humanity's creation. So the android is looking up to us like we look up to God such as we find our metaphorical god in this movie in the in the engineers mm-hmm. and that was a and and the fact that old man Wayland's like i want to talk to our creators and find everlasting life those things about the film those overarching stuff i liked i just didn't like the whole i am a biologist and I shouldn't be so dumb as to look at this life form that I have no idea what it does and go, isn't it beautiful? Ah, my face! And it's sort of like in the original Alien film, what was so good about that is that these were like truckers in space. Yeah, they were miners. And it's okay if they don't know not to like, you know, take in the the the... You know, they don't know that, like, their friend is infected with a thing that's probably going to kill them all. Right, I understand. Even the audience doesn't realize that. Mm-hmm. But our scientist friends, th- there's definitely ways they could have written, like, more horrific things within the confines of reasonable situations. Where it's like, I can totally see why that happened to that guy. It doesn't right. quite ruin the movie for me entirely but mm. i still look at them like man this could have been written just a little bit better right I, but like <laughs> for me like uh because every time i ask someone why didn't you like prometheus it always comes down to how dumb the characters were and it's for a beautiful film. and and for me like for me character design like if i'm like uh uh cinematography check uh sound design check uh visual effects check um like dumb characters it's like nope it's all bad now the movie is awful i can't i can't do it like i'm not that kind of person when it comes to my movies because honestly like if i was uh what do we have to say about the first star wars movie Mm. yeah (laughs) well um (laughs) i mean all right, who's the dumbest character in the first Star Wars? oh no i don't want to talk about star wars oh (laughs) you, you like star wars 
I do, but it's Star Wars is more polarizing than politics at this point. Oh, like. come on. Look, well, the newer <laughs> films, sure, but the classic ones, everyone agrees. Everyone, well, most people love the classic films. I mean, they're fun. Except yeah. for like, uh, that's... except for like younger people who are like, Attack of the Clones is a masterpiece. No, you twelve-year-old. Well, I can <laughs> see we're united on that. That's fine. <laughs> but but I mean like, I hate it's sand. Been... <laughs> Not a big fan of Star Wars. I, no. I, yeah, I hate bringing that up though. It's like okay. See, it's polarizing. Yeah. You get everyone. Everyone in the podcast just turns and looks at you. <laughs> you are. They always do that to me because there's a lot of stuff I haven't watched. And like, are you fucking serious? You haven't seen that? Well, here's I, the I, real I, test. What do you think about Star Trek? Because for some odd reason, throughout the never annals seen of it. nerd, no. whoa, 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 were you talking about the films? Any of them? Uh, films, TV shows, any of it? The it's, animated series. <laughs> no one watches the animated series. I've heard that it's actually I've seen not the that bad. I've seen an episode for Star Trek the animated series. I admit that. It wasn't it was okay for its time. Um it wasn't enough for me to like watch the whole Instead of answering the Star Trek question. Okay. How about what's some of your favorite authors cuz you're an author. Hello. Yes. I am an author. <laughs> you do you like do you when you mm-hmm. and, and also when you write do you um like how do you, especially with, it's easy, very easy to get distracted nowadays. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, how do you, what's your process? Do you go away somewhere? Do you lock yourself in a room? Um, um, being someone who's, uh, who does music mm-hmm. and writing also, um, and I have other creative outlets too, because um, one of the reasons I'm not... I haven't gone for another uh, music video is because I'm actually making the the props for it. So I'm like building them by scratch, and once those are done, then I'll be like, "Hey, Phil." <laughs> um, but like, there there's always an outlet and ways that I have to like do creativity. And sometimes it's like, "Look, writing's not going to be on the table today. Uh, today, I want to record my guitar." Today, I want to record my vocals, or today I feel like writing lyrics as opposed to a story. Sometimes I don't feel like doing that, and then I'll do the writing. Sometimes I'm like, I don't feel like doing that. I have uh, I have latex stuff to work on. Um, other times it's like, okay, I just need chill and like go look at some of my favorite um, things that inspire me and see what this makes me feel. And what I can get out of this. Sometimes it's just like that. Do you ever sit and just record what you want to write, like for another book and then just leave it? Do you ever do that? Like on a, actually like a voice recorder? Yes. I don't know why I'm asking that, but I'm just curious. I just, cause the, I, <laughs> no, no, I, I, I just write it down a simple note. Like I'll, most of my books start as just a scene because what I remember from, like I said, they're all based on dreams. Mm-hmm. I have, I remember one scene from the dream, and it's so vivid and it gets stuck with me. So I just write down what I remember from the scene, and I start asking questions like, "Well, who's the protagonist? Why are they here? What's going on? What is, what do they want over there? Who are these people here? What is happening?" Mm-hmm. And try to develop a story from that. And it just all comes with me writing it down. Like, I have it all just on my phone. And I'll just think, I need to start writing. What ideas do I have? It's like, oh, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. 
And as far as favorite authors. Yes. There we go. Top five, dead or alive. Top Top five. five. Oh, God. Um, (laughs) Um, Because I'm always interested about uh, influences. A person that I'm really into right now is Jack Ketchum. Who, not to be confused with Ash Ketchum, the Pokemon guy. But, uh, Are they related? Oh, I, I doubt it. <laughs> like, no, because like Ash is a trainer, and I'm pretty sure Jack is probably a uh, encyclopedist. Pokemon. <laughs> oh, I see. He's They're the, still in the Pokemon universe, though. He's the dude that writes the Pokedex entries. That's, I gotcha. The girl next door. Ash's movie. older brother. Oh, movies. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, he. Uh, he's uh, an author who a lot of, uh, or I shouldn't say a lot of. Um, but a few movies recently have been made on his books. Mm. And uh, what I like about his horror style is, is no monsters, no paranormal creatures, no no ghosts, nothing like that. Just people being evil mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And it's uh, really powerful stuff because he digs deep into like the evils of humanity kind of stuff. Yeah. And I love that. So what are you mentioned that a couple of a few of his films of books have been made in the film? What are maybe two of those titles? Uh, the the, uh, you know, he's got it. Uh, the girl next door. Yeah, that was based on a real event. Oh really? Mm. Yeah. Red. Red. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, offspring. Lo- the lost. Just want to point out the offspring is not a good movie adaptation. <laughs> it's probably my favorite Jack Ketchum book, and the sequel was really good too, The Woman. Mm-hmm. But uh, the movie, The Offspring, is not worth watching. Header, duly Dar- noted. Darlin, any of those? No. Yeah, no. I'm still reading through his oh, okay, uh, his okay. stuff, but like, uh, I guess those are the ones that got turned into movies. Right. Uh, okay. Cool. Yeah. I'd... So they, he's one of your favorite right now oh yeah he's he's real raw and gritty like with his uh just brutal horror that i I love to read um yeah um we're still doing top five because that's one down (laughs) uh well i'll I'll throw some love to um good old jrr tolkien because uh lord of the rings a big part of my childhood always loved lord of the rings Cried um, like a baby when gandalf died the other big part of my childhood is another author c.s lewis um mm. doing uh chronicles of narnia mm-hmm. but actually my favorite uh book that he did was the screw tape letters which mm. was um letters that were exchanged between a demon and his son mm. the demon was assigned to torment this particular person and uh he would, and they were lit- written to his uncle Screwtape, who was an experienced demon, and he would say, "Uncle, my human is starting to uh, show feelings to like um, the uh, the poor and the disabled of this world. What should I do?" And they'll be like, "And Uncle Screwtape would go, what you want to do is start manifesting ideas of indifference.'" Start making them realize that they're poor because they chose to be poor. And start, basically the idea was this demon explaining how are you going to ruin this person's life and make them the worst person they can be. It's a really interesting book. Uh, that's the same guy that didn't argue. Yep. That doesn't sound like the that same guy. Like <laughs> but, but considering C.S. Lewis being noted as a theologian, 
that at the same time does kind of sound like the same yeah it, it's it's a really cool book i really love it so um, that's three <laughs> yes um <laughs> I didn't mean to do a top five because that's that's hard. I, I mean, but yeah, go for it, man. <laughs> no, I love got... doing lists, top oh, lists. Yeah. I have too many of them. Um, I just don't have one for authors because it changes all the time. Um, always throwing love to my main man, Stephen King. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, Stephen King. Because he cannot be stopped. He's too powerful, and uh, he'll be writing books. Like I, I'll make he'll be make writing... a prediction for you guys right now. Mm. Mm. Stephen King will die one day, and after that, they will find a book <laughs> that's on his desk that was like that is done. He just didn't get to the publisher in time. There's probably he's, six of those yeah. lying around somewhere. He's a Tupac of horror. <laughs> <laughs> Tupac that's, has had like several albums yeah. just yeah. like in the studio. Like, <laughs> so ready what I tell to go. You, uh, that's gonna happen with Stephen King. I oh. guarantee you. And the fact that his son is also a decent writer, I guarantee you, even if there are half finished books like joe king is gonna is that his joke joe what's his son's name again uh, i do not remember yeah but it's it's like his son is gonna do what christopher tolkien tried to do with his dad's works only what was that successfully what, 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 what was that book the one he finished it, he, he finished, who christopher right? tolkien yeah uh the, the silmarillion. silmarillion yeah and is it, it was is that what they're planning on turning into a film on uh amazon no they're planning oh, on God. doing a, a lord of the rings tv series uh, the rumor is is that it'll be set during the events of the War of the Ring, but like not focusing on the main characters. Mm. I've always wanted to know what the Sam Hill the Werebear was up to during like oh the, the mains. I'm like, where's Baryon? Like, where where he's so powerful? Why didn't Gan? I'll be like, yo, man, we got some trouble. You need you need you at the gates. Like, this dude is absent the entire three novels. Tolkien just forgot about the guy. I, I think he's in the appendixes some, somewhere, but like that would have been to do. To bring on you in your army, just saying. Oh well. What do you think about that? About the the. Well, so that's what it's about. I thought they were going to do this. Uh, the Silmarillion. Yeah, I thought they were going to. There, there was discussions about making a Silmarillion movie, but you know them. They're going to take that one book and make it into six parts. It's a long book. It's though. a long book, right? Like yeah. I we started it. I not. tried to read it one night. It's I, like reading I, the Bible. Yes, and that's wow. exactly why I put it down because I was like, I already have a religion. I don't need to. Yeah, it's like reading a like textbook in school. Yeah. The way that it reads is uh it's not the flowery colorful language that you're used to Tolkien saying. It's just like um uh like when you read um so the Federalist Papers were an event that were created <laughs> by uh this president. It was highly rejected by and it's that. It's that yeah. like but Lord of the Rings. Yes, and I've and I've heard that like because I, I, I read like maybe through the prologue and then uh, woke up the next morning, nose in the book, having had a completely excellent night, like night, night sleep. <laughs> and, and like people that have read this thing have told me, oh, no, you should have skipped the prologue and gone in the main story. There's like a talking sword that's cursed and all this dope stuff going on. <laughs> and I just I'm just I, I, I have a sense of trauma with what's that it, book. I'm it, like, I can't the... do it. Is it uh, what's his name? The main guy, Fingle, uh, Finglorn, Fingle, Finglorn, something. Fing. Yeah, there's a horn at the end of that. I think. Yeah, horn. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, dwarf. Uh, no, an elf. He's an elf. He's an elf. Yeah. So that was four. <laughs> yes. One more. One. Are more. you a fan of uh, David Foster Wallace? I haven't read anything. Okay, no, no, no. no, no I just thought I'd ask. Uh, then I would do uh, 
uh, Chuck Paluniak. Interesting. Um, he's the guy who wrote the book Fight Club. Oh, okay, okay. And uh, he is that man is away with words. It's really cool. And I would either choose him or Poe, um, because Edgar, Edgar Allan, um, because uh, his stories have arguably inspired me more than like Chuck Paluniak's, but like. Uh, I think that Chuck, as far as, like, he's, like, a modern, um, like, the way that, like, Poe talks, I feel that it gives very much that sort of vibe of, um, there's a whimsical nature to the way that he talks, Mm -hmm. and it's, like, a poetry thing that's unraveling in prose and a narrative, and I miss that about a lot of new authors, because uh, new authors, they... They just tell you matter of fact how it was and they describe it to you. But I loved how like uh, the old time authors, when they were describing something, it was like a poem being said to you. Yeah. And I feel like Chuck has that in his writing, but it's modern. It's really cool. I'm going to check out a lot of this that you mentioned because I, I like I don't know that when you mentioned uh, C.S. Lewis. Yeah. That sounds like a whole different thing that you know it just it piqued my interest so yeah the screw tape letters yeah screw tape letters man uh we've covered a lot of stuff we're at what two hours doesn't even Hour feel 40. doesn't even feel yeah, like i just i have how many more like <laughs> right like it's that's like the beauty of the voice of party yeah, you really dude. don't feel like you've put in that no. much time because no. it's a i party. just saw the sun it's gone down. <laughs> 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 whoa dude I have uh, had a great time talking to you, man. I appreciate you taking time to come and hang out with oh, us. Oh, thank you for inviting me. I would love to have you back again another time. Um, but we're kind of at the end. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, sure. we are. Unless, for sure. Unless you, ha- you have any other things you want us to check out that you want to recommend to the listeners. Because there's a lot of good stuff that we picked up from you today. Plug yourself. Plug yourself. I will plug myself now. Um, listen to Sinister Intruder. Uh on basically every uh, streaming platform that there is. Mm-hmm. Um, give me uh, some some subscriptions if you like. Always uh, trying to build up the bass and everything. The new album that I just came out with on f- last Friday, Exploitation Syndrome. It will be on the major streaming platform soon, but right now, Bandcamp, YouTube, it's right mm-hmm. there. And uh, we also have Figure in the Forest, Devour of Souls, available on uh, Amazon, Lulu Bookstore, uh, and JoePangelinaHorror.com, and more stuff to come after that. Man, um, thank you, Phil, for recommending uh, Joe here, man. Yeah, no, he's, we're looking for awesome people. He's the most awesome person I know. Oh, thank you so much. I thought that was... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, all right, man. Thank you guys for listening. We're out. All right. Yep, yep.